0: beautiful people. Welcome to Chronicles Abroad. It's a podcast show that uses travel to highlight stories of personal growth. So each week we'll spotlight the stories of courageous world travelers, creative wanderers, and digital nomads who share their incredible experiences of the world through their eyes. If
1: you like traveling- What's going on everybody? Welcome to Chronicles of Bride. I'm Nubia. And I'm Francis. And today we have the lovely Miss Lakitha Anderson. Thank you for being with us.
2: Thank you for having me. Welcome. For sure.
1: So I had the pleasure of meeting Lakitha here in Chiang Mai. I just thought her story was definitely a story that I wanted to get on the podcast because it's a lot of people back in the States that want to do something that you're doing now. And You break the mold. Do you know what I mean? As a black woman over a certain age group who is doing this traveling. So let's dive into your story and give our listeners a little background of who Miss LaKeitha is.
2: Ah, wow. Who am I? Well, I guess I'll start Southern Girl. Hailing from Memphis, Tennessee. Shout out to the 901. I have to give props wherever I am. I have to give props to to my hometown. Okay, but um, I'm a single mom of a 30 year old king that currently lives in the Washington D.C. area. Yeah, so I'm just this free spirit, risk taker, if you will. My story has always been taking a risk, doing something that is totally off the beaten path from my career path to starting my own business to doing what I'm doing now I did it all unconventionally there was nothing that was traditional about <laughs> my journey <laughs> which may shock some but may also inspire others so um starting out you know working in the customer service arena back in memphis and at the age of 21 I visited atlanta like on a weekend trip and said, you know what, I'm moving to the ATL and, or it wasn't called the ATL at that time, but I just said, I'm moving, (laughs) I'm moving to Atlanta. And I went back home, did some research and the next thing, 21 years old, I've relocated to Atlanta, didn't have a car, didn't have any furniture. Basically like I am now, I had a couple of suitcases and an empty apartment. And my mom and my grandmother helped me with my son because I did have my son at the time. So, yeah, that kind of started this whole risk taking for me. I I had an urge to leave Memphis at the time and I did it. And so everything from that point on has kind of followed in that same path now that I think about it. So, yeah. And from there, just kind of moved into the customer service space Started my own staffing business almost 14 years ago. It'll be 14 years in August. Wow. And yeah, so I'm kind of the OG to this whole digital nomad. Thing. <laughs> She's like, I've been
0: <laughs> doing long before this. It was, like, long, long
2: before it was coined, you know, digital nomad, I, I've been working from home for 14 years now. So wow. it's, it's been an amazing journey. I, I wouldn't change Anything about my decisions, choices I've made as far as my life is concerned, not one. That's what's
1: up. So let's take it back to the day where you're in your apartment in Washington, D.C. and something goes off inside of you to say, you know what? I work from home. Why am I working from home at home? <laughs> I just want to travel. Can you take us back to that day?
2: yeah, it it actually didn't happen like that, to be very honest with you. So I've done traveled over the last ten years or so. So traveling wasn't new to me. I would always tell people that I work to travel. Like when I look at my own why for what I was doing in terms of my business, one was to travel. One was to be able to have financial freedom. And so, but last year, I don't know what it was. It it happened, I guess, around July or August. I guess I hit my midlife crisis, if you will, because I was starting to find myself not necessarily depressed, but just uninspired and i would look at my coworkers who were meeting up with their co i mean i would look at my friends i'm sorry who were meeting up with their coworkers after lunch for happy hour and i'm like gosh i don't have coworkers <laughs> i haven't had coworkers in almost 15 years you know they would have their office parties or their company picnics and just do all of these things with their coworkers so although i have a very close circle of friends there was still this missing element, this loneliness, if you will. It was so weird. And so my friends and family would always say, well, Lakita, you got it made. You work from home. You don't have to deal with traffic. You don't have to deal with this. But, you know, it takes a certain level of discipline to work from home every that's single true. day. I often listen to audiobooks and talk radio just so I don't hear myself talk within those four walls of my, of my home office. So I was going through that and I, I was uninspired with my business. And I was like, okay, well, maybe I should just exit my business and go and get a regular nine to five. Cause you know, I've, I've always felt like that's the worst thing that could happen. I just got to go back into the workforce. So I started filling out applications, <laughs> started interviewing, and every single time I got nauseous, I'm like, okay, no, this is not for me. <laughs> this is not gonna work. You know, every single time I just started to feel like queasy going filling out applications and updating my resume, it just didn't seem right. It's so daunting. Said, right. Yeah. So I said, so maybe what I should do is look into at least leaving my home office. So I Googled what is now called co-working spaces and came across WeWork, which is all over the country and all over the world. And so I said, well, maybe I need to just invest some money so that I can leave my house at least three times a week. Maybe that would help, you know, (laughs) break, break this rut that I'm in. And so, uh, with Google Analytics, as soon as you Google one thing, next thing you know, all of these different things are on your house business. House <laughs> house my business. And I'm getting all of these ads for these companies that curate trips for individuals who want to travel and work remote, right? So, on top of that, I was also, if I can be very transparent, just feeling so overwhelmed with debt, feeling overwhelmed with just everything that was happening back home in the state. It was just a combination of so many emotions that was going on. I lived in a beautiful apartment in the National Harbor in Maryland, overlooking the Potomac. I had just bought a beautiful BMW back in February after I gave one to my son. So life, according to the outside world, should have been great for me, but it was still something else missing. I felt like my life, my communication skills were dwindling because in the industry that I'm in, I do mostly texting with a lot of the candidates that I recruit for because they're all busy at work. So I don't talk to people anymore. Um, Everything is done over email. Over 95% of my clients, I've never met in person. I only talk to them on the phone or over email. So it was just this human connection that was missing for me. And so when I came across these companies that you pay one set price and you get to travel the world, I had a WTF moment. I was like, wait a minute now, hold up. So you mean to tell me (laughs) I'm paying X amount of money just for rent
0: Yeah. that I I can
2: use this money and see the world all at the same time? And the funny thing, I had made a list of my 50 before 50 because I turned 50 in July of 2019. And so there were all these things that I wanted to do before I turned 50, and travel was a big part of that. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: So that was in September. And just like, again, everything else in my life, I just made the decision. I said, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. And I started looking at the different companies, vetting the different companies. I watched a documentary called The Minimalist or Minimalism or something like that on Netflix. And when I watched that, that took my thoughts to another level. I was like, okay, let me start getting rid of stuff. Yeah. So from September to December, I put the plan in motion and that By was January, it. By
0: January, you were gone.
2: Huh? By January, I was homeless. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> amazing. I was sleeping on a girlfriend of mine's mattress on the floor, waiting to board my one-way flight out of the U.S. So, yeah. So that that's what it was. It was... It was really just that longing for something new. And I said, you know, I've worked hard all of my life to provide to my son, to provide to my family and friends. This is something that I wanted to do for myself as well. So it's kind of like a gift to me leading up to my fiftieth birthday.
0: I mean, we always say travel is an investment in you. So you are investing in yourself. And you're glowing, by the way. So I mean, we see. No, we see it. I mean, that's what travel does. You go. You God, people look at you in, in Facebook pictures, Instagram. They're like, "Oh my God, you you look so happy." Yeah, <laughs> I
1: am. Um, <laughs> and, and you're right. When you do that cost comparison, and you're looking at how much money you're pouring into your rent, your vehicle, bills, credit cards, it's hurting you, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> it hurts. So silly. <laughs> and you spend so much less living abroad.
0: You do.
2: You do. Just not having that burden on you, not just when it comes to bills, but expectations. You got to dress a certain way. When I thought about it and I did the numbers, I was like, OK, so and and here's the thing about manifesting, because I'm, I, I believe in the law of attraction. I believe I, I work the law of attraction and manifesting and all of that. So I'm able to manifest just it, just about anything in my life. If I put my mind to it and the energy and the intentions behind it, it comes to pass. But then when I sat down and I, I looked at the numbers, I'm like, this doesn't make sense. It's making it's costing a lot of dollars, but it's not making sense, right? So when I looked at just like my, my car, <laughs> so silly. I love it. when I looked at my car, okay, yes. So I manifested this 2014 BMW, with the it was a two door and it had it was black it had the peanut butter interior i had this on my vision board for like a year right i got the exact type of miles i wanted everything but then when i sat down and i'm like i don't even drive wait i work from home why do i i mean that's it's a, certain true. Truth. You know? it's a moment for me yeah. I mean, it was it was nice for me to drive my car to boot camp every morning because that's that was about as far as I would go. And on the weekends, but I was never in traffic. I was never driving. So one of the most amazing things that has happened for me over the last three and a half months that I've been traveling is that I walk everywhere. and i I never did that in the states. That's probably where my skin is glowing cause I'm getting sunshine. I'm getting vitamin D. I'm out. Um, I walk everywhere. And so when I thought about just relieving myself of that pressure, when I got rid of my car, people were like, Lakeitha, you, you sure you want to do that, girl? Why don't you just put it in a storage and, and keep it for when you come back? I'm like, well, first of all, I'm not sure I'm coming back. That's first and foremost. That hasn't been determined. Um, the likelihood of me coming back is slim. But the likelihood of me coming back, if I decided to come back, and do and be the same person I was when I left is even slimmer. Mm-hmm. So who's Great. to say I may want to buy a Scoopy? I may not want a four door quality.
0: <laughs> I may want to roll around. Scoopy life. Whatever. Come
1: on. <laughs> You've been I'm in Thailand that. too long. She about to be get on a scooter life in <laughs> the States.
2: <laughs> Girl, I, was, I was on one in, in Bali and loved it. You yeah. know what I mean? But when I just thought about the cost of everything, like keeping my furniture, everybody tried to convince me to keep my beautiful Z gallery, you know, furniture. And I'm like, okay, that's still more cost for me. And I still would have been burdened even while I'm traveling with covering those costs. It just didn't make sense. These are things. I can get things again, as long as there's an opportunity to make money, I can get things again. So just releasing all of that, I'm telling you guys, it was a process within itself. And I'm sure you, you all know that. And I think, you know, for anyone who's thinking about doing it, that emotional attachment that we have to physical things, it's real, it's real. It's real.
1: I ain't going lie. I have moments where it was so overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. Trying to get rid of things yes. and not really realizing how much I had accumulated over the years. Every time I felt like I got one step ahead, I had three steps back where I was like, geez. Yeah. Nubia, what's going on? <laughs> it was just completely overwhelming. It got to the point where I couldn't get rid of it fast enough. Mhm. Mm-hmm. So, instead of trying to make a little dollar and sell it, I started just giving the shit away.
2: Yes. Cuz yes. I said I just, yes. I want to go. It was yes. just more
1: important for my mental health to just go. It was yes. items, it was things. So what? I paid money for it. It was a loss at the end because I didn't get no money back from it.
2: Bye. well you we, look we actually <laughs> lost the money when we bought it because <laughs> what really holds value you know with, with with any of the material things that we buy you're so right I mean I gave away suits because I'm like, okay, I haven't worked in the workforce in 14 years like why do I need all of these suits why why do I need and i'm 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 a shoe fanatic like I love shoes which again is interesting for me because since I've been here, I only had two pair of sandals and three of <laughs> flip-flops. And all of my friends back home know me for my heels and my shoes. And so that whole transformation of just only walking around in flip-flops and sandals um, for the last three months has been interesting. But there's this transformation that happens when you are first and foremost able to get rid of physical attachment to things, which I think has made my transition a lot easier for me. If I had held on to all of those material things back home, my mind would still be at home, making sure things were okay, having to, it just would have been kept on home. So this, that allowed me to free up my energy and my vibrations to really embrace this journey. So... Yeah, girl. I, I, look, I sold my red bottoms and
0: everything. <laughs> 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 I told you red bottoms,
2: you <laughs> were flip-flops. <laughs> uh-uh. I went from red bottoms to $3 flip-flops. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, somebody. And you
1: <laughs> are the happiest you've ever been. liberating. Yes, <laughs> See? That glow. I love that. <laughs> you know, we're
0: more than just travel. We provide tips Resources and hacks for the curious traveler in you. So, whether you're a lover of travel or just someone who is ready for a change, we have something for everyone. So, what was the first place that you went to?
2: Beautiful Bali,
0: <laughs> my first love. <laughs> I'm
2: actually cheating on Bali with Shang Mai right now, so. <laughs> Don't tell anybody.
1: <laughs> so Southeast Asia was your first stop.
2: Yes, yes. Southeast Asia was my first stop. So I spent the month of February in Indonesia, in Chenggu, which is kind of like the surfy part of, of Bali, which was still cool for me because again, coming from not, you know, although I've traveled, the most I've spent, it's like seven or 10 days, not an entire month in some place. So Bali was my first stop and it was amazing. It was absolutely life-changing for me. I didn't journal. I didn't do any type of exercising. I just, I really wanted to just take in the fact that I've left <laughs> the United yeah. States, that yeah. I'm actually on this journey. So it, it was a lot of spiritual transformation for me in Bali.
0: Yeah. yeah. I think sometimes that when we finally make that move, we feel like we still have to keep moving, mm-hmm. but often you just really just need to settle down yeah. and settle in and do nothing. And that's yes. okay.
2: Yes. And that's yeah. what I did. Me and my pet gecko, Larry. <laughs> We became best friends. (laughs) Ooh, child.
1: (laughs) Ooh, okay, so even though you had traveled prior to packing up and going overseas, what was the transition like knowing that you no longer had a home in the States? So you weren't on vacation. You were like, this is it. What was that like once you were in Indonesia and sitting with yourself like, shit, I actually (laughs) left?
2: It was actually, I would say it wasn't that bad. And the reason is, is because I connected with a company that actually has made my transition a lot easier because I didn't have to do any of the legwork in terms of looking for space. I didn't have to do any of the legwork in terms of where to eat, where to go, how to get acclimated to the city. All of that was done for me. Now, here's the thing. I, I want to put a caveat out here because some people, that's what they enjoy doing that. I don't. Okay. I'd rather pay somebody <laughs> to look up, all, you know, I guess because I do so much research and I'm on the internet so much with my profession that trying to do it for my personal self, like all of my past trips that I've gone on, it was either with girlfriends or with groups of people that had already. Laid like, out the details. Let's just go. Right. <laughs> look, that's not. Look, all, that's all I need to know is how much does it cost. <laughs> so, so with Be here, which is the company that I'm on this journey with, again, they were able to find. I was able to talk to them and tell them what was most important to me. So, number one, my space is is important to me because I've worked from home for 14 years, and so people don't understand that there's no disconnect. Some people are able to get up and leave whatever is going on in their home and go somewhere else for 8 10, 12 hours a day i didn't have that luxury so whenever i'm looking for a space to live i needed it to be comfortable there's certain things or aspects of my space that i need so they were able to find that for me making sure that my co-working space was intact my gym even though i didn't use it that often so it was a lot easier for me to make the transition because all of the things that were important to me in terms of comfortability were already in place when I got to Bali, So I didn't have to do a lot of worrying and looking for this. And there wasn't a lot of trial and error, (laughs) so to speak. So it actually was, it was a pretty smooth transition for me on a physical level. Now, emotionally, I don't know. I think I had been preparing myself, my family and my friends Leading up to the point, I was a little bit nervous when I left, when I got on that, that flight out of DC to New York. And I think I spent about four hours in JFK. So I had a lot of time to kind of think, I'm like, wow, I am really doing this. Like my last known address is dot, 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 you know,
1: (laughs) (laughs) my life is in these suitcases, (laughs) two suitcases and a backpack.
2: I was like, I'm really, really doing this. So a sense of pride just in myself, because who does something like this at 48? I'm According to standards, I'm supposed to be married with five kids or either divorced with five kids or whatever you want to call it, you know, however it goes. But I'm supposed to be at a certain point in my life at 48, not tr- thinking I'm 25 and 30 and just traveling the world. But I'm like, what the hell? Come on. You and that's know, what I meant I'm-
1: about you break the mold, right? Because when I was set out to go on my journey and I did a lot of research, I ran across a lot of Caucasian you know, millennials mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who, right out of university, just decided to not work and travel the world and blog yes. about it, right? Yes. So yes. it's like, here I was turning 40, young Black female solo traveler. Yep. Where are we? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. I was just like, I felt like an, what is it called? An uh, anomaly? anomaly can't speak. Anomaly. Right, right. <laughs> I just felt out of place. Yeah. So you get to Indonesia and you spend one month and were you feeling like, okay, I could see this as home, or were you just like, okay, what's next?
2: No, I actually felt like okay six months out of the year, because I don't think I would want to be there during the rainy season, I could live in Bali. Like everything about Bali felt right. Now, although I haven't had an opportunity to visit a like spend some time in a bood and some of the other more tranquil spaces, I still felt that connection. Like the people were very engaging, the customer service was just out of the roof. It was just a different experience for me. And then, you know, let us not forget the cost of living. It was just, I was shocked. I I had several spa days while I was there. But each time I would get one hour massage, 30 minute body scrub, 30 minute facial, gel mani-pedi for 48 US dollars. And that included my tip. So I tell, look, I tell my friends and family back home. I'm like, you know, when I come back to the states, even for a short period of time in July, I'm just gonna feel some type of way about paying for anything, yeah. anything, like, <laughs> anything. I'd like, be like,
0: what? <laughs> that, you traumatized me, what? forever. <laughs> you want me to what? pay what?
2: <laughs> Seriously, it yeah. is going to be a culture shock for me.
1: It's going to be a culture shock, actually, anywhere else in the world, because mm-hmm. Southeast Asia is relatively one of the most inexpensive places to be. So you go to Europe, you're going to feel the same way. You go to certain places in Africa, you might be like, what? You know what I mean? So (laughs) it's definitely not something that once you've been in Southeast Asia, you can't go anywhere else trying to compare.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I know. When I landed in Japan, I was like, Lord have mercy. because I had had lived in Thailand before and I was like, what? How am I going to do this, Lord? But it worked out. But it's just, man, very, very different.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, so Bali definitely... Felt like home I, I didn't feel like oh you know I'm ready to go and or anything like that you know a lot of times people look at okay 30 days in each place is that long enough are you able to like really get settled in before you start feeling like you, you're on to the next thing and so but the thing again that I love about my journey and me choosing a company that allows that flexibility is that if I'm not ready to go, I can sit where I am like I am now. You know, I wasn't ready to leave Chiang Mai. So I'm here for another month, you know, (laughs) instead of heading off to cold Europe. I said, nope, 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 nope. Let me just take a break, Um, continue to enjoy the sun and the magic that's here. And so this whole journey for me, again, is a little different than what is mapped out for most, although it may be 30 days that I spend at a minimum And sometimes a maximum in one place. It's just the fact that I'm doing this. So I don't even, I don't put myself in a position where I'm rushing or feeling like I'm rushing on to the next thing. I try to stay in the moment where I am. And again, the luxury of having a company to kind of do all of that legwork for me is that I don't have to really think about what's next. They send me what I need for my next stop. I review it. I send them money and then I'm good, you know, and I can, I can look and, and that and that works for me. And it's still cheaper than what I was paying for rent back home. I can home. dig it. I can hey. dig
1: <laughs> it. So let's talk about Chiang Mai a little bit. So you landed in Chiang Mai and I could just say, girl, you hit the ground running. I love it. I love it.
2: It was easy because there were melanated people here to welcome me. So (laughs) in my in-between time, which I will call in Malaysia, was interesting because coming from Bali to Kuala Lumpur was a little bit of a shock because if you know anything about KL, I was in center city. So I was right in the thick of things. So I felt like I literally stepped off a plane from paradise into grimy New York City no diss to New Yorkers. Okay. Let let me put that out there. But because New York has its own energy, you know, the energy of New York, everybody, the hustle and bustle and the big lights, that's what it was for me in Kuala Lumpur. So my experience wasn't as rich in KL because it reminded me way too much of the States. I got stared at quite a bit in KL, like, you know, I'm talking not just your, oh, there's a black person, but like, you know, like, like I had three heads, like I was an alien or something. And don't let me wear my hair out big. I really got the stares. So, you know, it it started to be a little uncomfortable for me, but I just began to embrace it and say, okay, they're just not used to seeing women of color. It's all cool. So going two months, not being around people of color I was ready to see some some melanated people. You know, I got a little bit of backlash from from certain people about that, but I'm unapologetic about it. So when I stepped off the plane, I got here and I went to a Sunday dinner and it was the most amazing thing. I was sitting there like a kid in a candy shop, like, oh, my God, you know, black people. people." (laughs)
1: Well, I think what's even I think what's great about it is that a lot of times people, not just that with people of color, but Americans of color, right? Don't travel. Yes, that's the perception. Right, that's what so yes. to be around other people that A, you can speak English with, B, that you have something that is in common, right? You can resonate with each other in a certain way. And you're navigating this thing called life in this huge world. We're all kind of on our own journey, but you kind of cross a lot of the same paths. So it's overwhelmingly wonderful when you can run into people that look like you.
2: Yes, it was amazing. It, it was it was magical. And to your point again, it wasn't just seeing black people, it was seeing people who have taken a leap who have left the norm. And just being around that energy was revitalizing for me. You know, it, it really was. And let's talk about the Thai people. They're just, you know, I see why this is called the land of smiles. Like, so it's so interesting, like even looking at you all smiling, like I, I just, I've been around more people that smile <laughs> than I have in a long time. Like coming from that, people don't understand when you're in the middle of the energy in the U S and I'm not going to talk too bad about the U S because if my dad is listening to this, he's already in his feelings about me being away anyway. So he's like, that's home. The U S is home. You need to come on back. So anyway, um, (laughs) (laughs) but when you're constantly in a space of negative energy, when you're constantly in a space of everything that's adverse and just you don't realize how that plays a role on your own aura, in your own energy. So to come to a place where you are not only embraced, but you feel a level of comfort to even return that in kind and embrace that culture. And there's that comfortability, there's that exchange there. Like I'm loving saying ka," and, you know, I love the reaction that I get from the Thai people when I when I take the initiative to learn their language and speak it back to them, even if it's just the smallest thing. So the energy here has definitely been a blessing for me to help kind of ground me just a little bit more yeah. on this journey.
0: It says it's also his confirmation. OK, this is the journey that I, sh- I need to be on right now at this moment
2: yes it is it has been a huge confirmation a huge yeah
1: but let's dig into what you just said right so we try not to get into this american bashing thing right and we're not gonna america bash but the truth is that the energy in america is very hostile and volatile right now Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. right
1: so what i always tend to tell people is once you're in another culture in another place you learn to really just relax Mm-hmm. Well, whatever the sense of relaxation looks like, right?
2: Right. Like everything's
1: at a slower pace. Mm. Things don't bother you as much. Yes. Because back in the states, yes. it's like it's funny because even when I'm on my bike and I see someone do something real just crazy, right? I'm just like, why would he stop right there?
0: I'm yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. oh.
1: <laughs> and I just yeah, keep yeah, going. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. if it was in the states, it would have been like. Mm on a horn like what the you know it's just the whole way you you take on something right like you said the energy here is very just hello you know smiles yeah everything's laid back nobody has real troubles they don't seem like they have a lot of troubles Yes. Well if they
0: do they yeah, they don't let it get to them.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't right. seem like,
2: yeah. Right. So so two things. One, okay, let's talk about the traffic, right? Let's talk about driving. Okay, so Bali, they're savage. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna tell you. I don't yeah. know if you spend any considerable amount of time in but ba- they are straight savage on those streets. They mm-hmm. are. But they don't cuss nobody out. You don't hear a lot of, there's not a lot of aggression. Not
1: a lot they of beeping just, of horns.
2: Come on. They just savagely maneuver through, you know, Changu with zero traffic lights. I'm like, oh my God. That's they Somebody would have been shot. There would have been a lot of just it, accidents, just all types of things. So I noticed that in Bali that... Even though just like taking traffic, for instance, is so hectic and is so aggressive because I think their driving is really aggressive in Bali, the energy behind it with the individuals is not. And, and I thought that was just so, so interesting. And then I get here to Chiang Mai and it's, it's basically the, the same thing. is that same energy. Everything is laid back. Think about it. Let's take Suncron, for instance. There is absolutely no way in the U.S., that we could celebrate as a country, three days straight with the water fight, with water guns, <laughs> it would never happen. Girl, I was in there it like,
1: I was like, this is the first time as a black woman, I could do a drive-by, <laughs> I could <laughs> take my water gun. I was, look, the elderly, there was an older woman in a wheelchair. I said, grandma, you getting it too. <laughs> she had her water gun out though, She's ready. It was it fun. Just,
2: it would never happen. And when you speak to things being laid back, so this has been the biggest adjustment for me traveling thus far is I'm used to getting up, you know, with working out, I'm used to getting up, getting in the gym by 5, 5.30, 6 o'clock. I'm done by 7. I'm home. I'm finished eating breakfast by 7.15, showered, sitting at my desk, ready to work at 8, right? Okay. They don't even open up stuff here in Chiang Mai till 10. <laughs> You know, yeah. I can't even get to my gym class until 9.15. Yeah. I'm like, okay. And so my my the gym instructor was telling me last week, he's like, yeah, you know, Thai people, you know, no. Because I'm usually the only one in this this new class that I'm going to. I'm usually the only one in the 9.15 class. And he's like, yeah, no, you know, it's too early. And Thai people usually come after work. And I'm like, 9.15 is too early? Yeah. You know, in the States, you're like... Packed. Feeling like your whole day is off if you're if you haven't done X Y Z by nine o'clock in the morning.
1: It's like that in Portugal too. Yeah, yeah. Certain countries are just night countries. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, they're late people.
2: It's been an adjustment. I'm adjusting. I'm liking it, but I I think it's still some work I need to do mentally so that I don't feel like. I'm not productive because I'm getting a later start. That's years of being programmed in a certain society to think that you always have to be hustle, 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 hustle. Whereas honestly, your your biggest manifestations come when you flow downstream, not going upstream. So
0: love that. Was that like a tweetable moment? I think. Look, my
2: funny years ago i used to cite an old nur- nursery rhyme and and it was my mantra row 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 your boat gently down the stream merrily 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 life is but a dream it's let me dream. go downstream let me go
1: downstream <laughs> so i can dig it i can dig it so what's next
2: so what's next for lakitha um in terms of travel or just in general on this journey to 50
0: like that your goal <laughs> What is
2: next, girl? Oh my gosh. Well, in terms of travel, I'm headed to Barcelona in June. I'm going to do my best to try to leave Chiang Mai at the end of May. (laughs) I'm going to be like a little kid, probably holding on to his mommy or daddy's leg. Like, I don't want to
1: go. I don't want to go. Well, you don't have to go. That's the thing. You're on your journey. So, whatever that looks like. like,
2: Well, part of the journey is experiencing these different
0: countries. Of
1: course.
2: yeah. Tomorrow, yeah. Here. Yes. And the only reason I'm really leaving is because I have girlfriends that are visiting me in Barcelona and Barcelona is on my list of places to visit. So I'm going to go ahead and go and then I'll be home for three weeks in the States to visit my dad and my son and my mom. And then I'm headed to Egypt for 15 days The end of July. And this was a trip that I had planned last year. So that's what is kind of interrupting my time, you know, because I've already paid for this trip. And August, I don't know yet. And I guess that's the beauty of being able to be location independent. You know, I can kind of figure it out and decide where I want to go from there. But in terms of that, you know, I just want to continue to grow spiritually as a woman and a woman of color. I want to continue to grow physically and emotionally because those are important tenants to me, I think, to the whole spiritual aspect, because you can be spiritually grounded, but if you're not doing the other things that complement that, like taking care of your physical body and your emotional awareness and, and all of that, then, okay, you're just spiritually a ac- cute person, but what else comes with that? So, just going full circle leading up to the big five-o and just kind of taking taking life one day at a time. One thing about me, I've always been a planner. So this is another part that has that's stretching me right now. You guys have no idea. Like if if I could show you my planning book, you'll see how I write down in advance everything that I'm supposed to do for the day, everything I'm supposed to do next week. You know, I'm I'm writing down. Okay, where am I supposed to be? August through November. <laughs> the learning part, though, is to let that go and just be, Lakitha. I got the power of now over here. I read that book maybe five years ago, and I went and bought it again so that I could read it now, so that I can just be
1: in present. You can be present. Yeah, it's pres- love it.
2: Oh so, yeah.
0: So learning to grow more, just be. So it's time to dive deep and look into the holistic perspective of travel. We believe traveling is an investment in you. So our mission is to inspire you to book that flight, check that item off your bucket list and go on that adventure. And our hope is to ignite connections all over the world. So looking through... what advice do you have for folks who are in that 45 plus crew age bracket who are thinking about things, but a little hesitant about doing it? Because we get messages from folks like, oh, I might be too old to you know, start this travel stuff. What do you have to say to them?
2: So I'm hesitating because, again, I'm a risk taker and
0: everything that I've done
2: has been unconventional. I I never had six months worth of salary saved up. I've never like did all of this research and and all of that. I just go with what makes me feel good. My advice to, to people that are listening that I've given to my friends and family is first and foremost, do what makes you feel good. If it feels good and it resonates with you and there's a peace, just do it. The universe is going to take care of everything else, just do it. And then I know that's an old cliche with the just Nike thing, but just, just do it. If there's any hesitancy, if there, if there are any fears, then deal with that first, because stepping out on something like this, you really can't afford to have that fear factor there. Because, again, believe in the power of manifestation. Whatever you think about, that's what you manifest. That's what you bring forth. So as long as you're fearing something is going to happen or you're not going to be able to do this and take care of yourself and all of that, that's what you're going to manifest. Okay? Just do it. If it feels good, if it resonates, go for it. The, what, and, and then think about the worst thing that could happen. Because on my journey, the absolute worst thing that can happen is that I go back to the states and I get a job. And if that's the worst thing, I know, right? (laughs)
0: Look,
1: that's anxiety. Horror movie. (laughs) You know, it's like dun 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 dun. Comes that that unnerves me.
2: It wouldn't be the the worst thing that could happen in my life. You understand? So just go for it and put yourself around individuals who are forward thinkers who are not afraid. Because if you continue to have conversations around fear, around doubt, you'll never do it. But if you are circulating your energy with other energies that are aligned with what you are thinking about doing and what you desire to do, then it makes it a lot easier. Get a good support base. You know, I've had to, unfortunately, depart with some friendships because they, they weren't aligned with this level of my journey. So the people that I'm connected with now, they all support me. They may not, it may not be their journey. They may not agree with it, but they support me and they encourage me and they keep me motivated. Like my friends back home, my family members who reach out to me on Facebook, you know, even my dad, let me give a shout out to my dad because he's on Facebook. And although he's only there because he's just lurking, you know, (laughs) with his grandkids and now me, I knew I had kind of won him over when he liked a couple of my pictures here in Chiang Mai. So cause at first he wasn't liking anything. He wasn't <laughs> he would just, I guess, look at it and keep it moving. But he's actually liked a couple of pictures of mine on Facebook. And it so that makes you
1: smile, right?
2: It, it motivates me. I called him. I was like, Dad, you like my picture? He's like, Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And secretly he's like, I think I want to go visit.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, my mom actually does. So I I, I have to come back to Shang Mai. I'm thinking about in November, but again, I'm trying to just scale back because if I decide to relocate back here, then I just, you know, kind of want to keep that out there in the universe. But my mom is is considering it she for the first time says she wants to get on a plane and fly somewhere and i'm like oh that. wow
0: they're <laughs> inspiring everybody
1: that's and awesome. that's great because they see for your mental health how your light is shining bright and i think that's something that a lot of people can see through photos through listening to you to seeing you and it's just like a freeness yes and i think the more that people do stuff like this the more people feel like i
0: can do it too
2: Yes, yes, because you can. Yeah, it's a lot easier than we think it is, and the whole world. Let me just put this out here to so the people in the states that are listening: the rest of the world is not going to to hell in a handbasket. Okay, don't believe the smoke signals and the propaganda that is put out on the airwaves. Trust me, people, there's peace in the Middle East. Um, You know, (laughs) Asia is, is definitely the land of smiles. I will say this, though, just so there's a balance here in our last few minutes, just so there's a balance. You know, there is a lot of adjustment that will take place that you have to get used to. Okay. You know, for me, I'm, I was raised with two younger brothers that terrorized me when it came to bugs and all types of insects and all of that. So my time in Bali probably was the most pivotal growth for me because again, I lived with a gecko for a whole month and people that know me, I don't even like to see ants. So to see Larry crawling on the wall at night and then to hear him and his little
1: buddies. I, I didn't sleep the first week. I was- <laughs> but Larry had your back. Larry was getting those mosquitoes before yeah. they got you. Larry was making sure Larry was that was a you good were- roommate. Yeah, Larry was. Well, he didn't yeah. pay grant, protected, but. protected girl. He was the Terminator.
2: Oh my <laughs> gosh. So I just embraced them. When I would come home, I would say hello. And up, Larry? He would think, Larry? Look, look, He would see me <laughs> and scurry on about his way. I didn't bother him. He didn't bother me. We were cool for the rest of the time I was there. Learning how to ride a Scooby, like I never imagined myself. I didn't even like the thought of getting on the back of a motorbike. So to drive one for an entire month That was a huge thing for me. You know, I was like, you can't tell me. (laughs) And then I had a fly one too. I had a fly one. The only thing I didn't like was the helmet hair afterwards. Like, you know, when when you're a curly Curly hair girl, you're like, oh God. So a couple of times I was riding dirty in in Bali. Um, Won't do that here in Chiang Mai because I heard they'll check you here, you know, they, they'll get you here. But, you know, adjusting to the different types of foods was an adjustment for me in Malaysia. You know, I got sick a couple of times, but I kept moving. Again, it's about your mindset, your thoughts, your energy. I didn't let it get me down. I came prepared, like I brought every essential oil with me. And this is another thing, really quickly, that I can advise people to do is to bring as much as you can with you that will keep you on a daily routine that you're used to. Like I brought all of my essential oils. I have chlorophyll, I have turmeric, I have burdock root, all this stuff. You know, I have a bag full of teas that I normally drink because I just didn't want anything to kind of disrupt me, you know, from what was normal for me. But yeah, other than that, it's, it's been, it's, it's been amazing. It's been amazing. I wouldn't I wouldn't change it for anything. I I feel like other than raising my son, this is probably the second most important thing that I've done in my life. Love it.
0: That's beautiful. So, Lakeitha, how can people follow you on your journey? Where can they find you on social media if you're open to sharing that?
2: I'm open to sharing Instagram. I'm incognito on Facebook. So. <laughs> so look, Facebook is just for family and friends, everybody. But I'm open on Instagram at underscore where in the world is LaQuita?
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for being with us today, Lakeithia. Thank you to Fly Beautiful Black Women. I love (laughs) you both. You guys are
2: absolutely amazing. And um, I just appreciate the opportunity to share.
1: Thank you again. Thank you for tuning in to Chronicles Abroad.
0: Please support us by sharing this podcast through your social media platforms. Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Follow us on Instagram and hit that like button at Chronicles underscore Abroad. Find us online at our website, chroniclesabroad.com for tips, resources, and ways we can collaborate. So don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Until then, beautiful people, thanks for listening. Music by Stephanie James and Almighty K-Rock, produced by Adam Marcus.